That's great. I, it's okay. You know how Jersey is. I think we have the same general level of contempt for it. I don't understand the, uh, I don't understand, uh, like, uh, what's it called? Like civic pride or anything like that. <laughs> it's never been a thing that I drive with. <laughs> yeah, it's nice in the summer. Yeah. You know, it's like, the good thing about doing this podcast is getting to interview, like, artists from there and stuff, because it's so ignored all the time. <laughs> so, like, it's nice to have that, and, like, it's cool that you have your band. Uh, how long have the uh, Long Branch Davidians been a thing for? Uh, about a little over two years. Uh, we started in uh, August of, uh, what was it, 2021? Somewhere in the, in the middle of the pandemic there. Right. Yeah, it seemed like you picked, like, I think I said this last time, you picked, like, a really great crew of people. Like, I love those guys. All of them involved. John Beecroft, like, uh, Rudy. It's it's so cool that you sort of gave them stuff to do. I listened to your uh, your new albums uh, yesterday and today. Very, very good. Thank you. I loved... Uh, um, I love that song, Peace and Love. Thank you. It's so good. <laughs> I was curious, like, do you come up with all, like, the names of the music and everything? Is that mostly just your, like, thing? I was always curious, like, does it feel like collaborative with them, like, a lot, or? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of, sometimes it's just like, here's the part, play it. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, sometimes they add their own little flair and flavor and sound to it. That's good. I was curious, would you ever do, like, any live, like, versions of your stuff for an album? Oh, it was live. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't sure. It seems like you edited it really well. I didn't know that it was live. I was like, oh, this is... But I've heard John like sing before a little bit. He has a really good voice. It's surprising. <laughs> we would like ride in the car and listen to music, and he'd like sing a little bit. I'd be like, oh, you have a good voice, dude. 
But yeah, we get him on, uh, he was. Uh, I remember when we saw him. Me and my mom saw you guys. Uh, he was just working really hard. It was like really cool. Everything that he could do with that. Yeah. He's such like a. He's such like a master of all trades with stuff. Like <laughs> he does so much. Yeah. So when you're in California, you're mostly doing like comedy stuff, or is it like mostly music or a mix? I think I've seen if you put any stuff from there on TikTok I've seen I've seen it and it looks like beautiful I love I'm such a nerd for like stages and stuff I'm like I like when they look really good Texas two years ago with Eric Harbaugh, like, we went to this, like, my last day, we did, like, mics from, like, 3.30 in the afternoon to 10 at night, and the first one we went to was, like, we got there early, and we, like, did, like, the person, like, that was there, did, like, a sign-up on paper, and then the, like, guys came in that hosted, and we're like, no, we do a bucket, <laughs> so we ended up calling, like, last out, like, 30 people, <laughs> it, was, like, it was, like, oh, shit, <laughs> People have their way that they do things, and you know. Yeah, I uh, I went to this there was a music open mic in uh, this Silver Lakes, kind of like hipster part of town, and uh, I heard about it as very popular and everyone loves it, so I went. But I heard it was got to get there early to get a spot, so I got there like an hour early. I was second in line, waiting uh, to get in, and I was like, well, at least I'm gonna be second. But then I find out that they randomized the order. So I ended up 28th out of 30, and uh, I think it was like nine hours oh. driving there and back and yeah. waiting, and uh, to play one song, which is, you know, like three minutes long, so I was like, that's, that's not worth it. Right. Because, <laughs> so like, you need to be in the right attitude and, like, mood and stuff. Like, that's the thing that's tough with, like, doing comedy, too. It's like, if you wait too long, you sort of lose that energy and... It's with anything. Like, I guess with any type of performing, you need sort of to be at that right level. (laughs) So that's why, especially out here, it takes so long to get pretty much anywhere that isn't, if you're not in, you know, it takes about an hour to get most places, so I kind of stick to the area that I'm in (laughs) most of the time, just because it's easy, and I know I can get up at them, and I know the people there. (laughs) No, I liked the uh, I liked the comedy album that you did a couple of years ago. Uh, I really liked it. <laughs> Love the banana <laughs> song and everything. <laughs>
was like, yeah, I should try it out. And I did it for the first time at uh, this place, the Fanatic Salon, a few weeks ago. And went really well. And I was like, I should just keep, yeah, keep doing it, you know. Yeah, that's Something good. a little different from everyone. And, uh, you know, it's fun. I don't I feel more confident. I don't know. Yeah, I bet Ross was, I think, when did you start doing like comedy, because I know you have an interesting story with that. You, it was Dave Hill that got you into it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that was uh, that was 2015. Mm -hmm. I did like two. I opened for Dave Hill twice, um, and it was yeah, a friend of mine. I was in a band with. He uh, booked Dave Hill. He was friends with Dave Hill and booked him in Asbury Park, and uh, I was like, yeah, can I? opened up for them and uh, they were like sure and gave me 10 minutes I'd never done an open mic I'd never done stand up or right. anything and um, I was like yeah, 10 minutes is fine I was used to you know, music where you get like 45 minutes or multiple sets and stuff so right. I was like 10 minutes no problem of course now it's like that's crazy oh, oh yeah the hell I was thinking <laughs> now I but, how'd it go did it go it okay that's good. Things considered. I mean, I, looking back, I'm like, that was terrible. Why did I do that? Oh, right. But, yeah. Uh, I didn't bomb. So, oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. You know, it was <laughs> it's like, I feel I'm like. Very nervous. Yeah. I feel like you're such like a performer that you probably had, you know, stuff. And it's it's always cool when you're you're at that stage where you're still learning, like, how to do stuff. So that must be, like, super pressure. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a lot. Well, like, I think part of, you know, the naivety that I had. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I used to do these like whenever I did stuff in New York years ago when I was just, like starting out like a year and six months in, two years in. I did these like bringer shows in New York, and I look back at them and I'm like, why did they let me talk for six minutes? <laughs> it's like why? <laughs> I would like kill it now. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> But I feel like that always happens with anything that you do for a period of time. You're like, always years later, you're like, I should be doing that now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. You know, getting better and just learning what works and what doesn't. Right. And, uh, I kind of, you know, when I started, I don't know, I uh, I did a lot. A show like Heather, you know, I was like two months into comedy. Heather booked me to headline a show at the Brighton Bar. And did like 20 minutes, and I was like, I had no business doing 20 minutes of time. Right. Two months into comedy. But I was like, yeah, this is easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when you just go up there, like, you're such a silly, goofy guy that it's like so fun to see you do it. And also, I think you can relate to this to, with me that I have is like, the amount of love that you can get from the scene can be very overwhelming. Have you ever had that where it kind of like, you kind of don't know how genuine it is. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, at first I felt, I don't know, I feel like everyone at the Brighton Bar was, was her Aunt Heather, who was, you know, the host. I mean, just the fact that she booked me to headline mm -hmm. in such a short time kind of freaked me out. Like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I was happy about it, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was, there's a pressure, you know, like Angelo, and also would always, you know, call me a local. I mean, there's a lot of local legends, but oh yeah, sometimes like there'd be a lot of hype, and I'm like, now I feel this pressure to be funny. But uh, in general, I just try to have fun. Right. Know, just, it seems like you're always doing that, and you're not afraid to like. Well, of course, you obviously have like nerves and stuff, but it always seems like you're willing to do whatever you want and yeah. see what it goes out. Like I think being able to experiment like that and like the stuff you'll wear and do at like the uh, dip and tuck now, it's like, yeah, this is awesome just to see yeah, that. Yeah, I try, to, I try to do something different every time. Yeah, mostly what I just keep telling myself is just, just have fun. You know, I, mm -hmm. just, I just want to enjoy myself and hopefully other people will like it too. But if I have fun, I feel like other people will have fun too. Yeah, it just rides off that energy. It's the contagious. Yeah, yeah it's really contagious. Yeah. Uh, does your wife ever join you, like when you go to like these mics and shows and stuff, or? Uh, occasionally. Uh, 
she just got out here. And uh, yeah, sometimes she does uh, open mic comedy. It's, uh, she, I think, is over that. Right. You know, sitting there <laughs> through that. Learned her lesson. Actually, um, when I started, I did those shows opening for Dave Hill, and then I went to an open mic. Uh, the first open mic I went to was. Uh, what was that? Uh, it was Trinity and the Pope, or whatever that. Uh, oh. There was somewhere in Asbury. I forget what. Was it that Anchor's Bend or? Uh, it wasn't Anchor's Bend. It was our bank on Madison. Oh, okay. Uh, which I didn't know anyone at the time. Like, I didn't know who was there. But again, like I got there early, but I think because no one knew who I was, they put me on like last on the whole list. Um, so we sat there for like two hours. He was like, I'm never coming to another one. <laughs> right. again. But, uh, and then I didn't either. I, was, uh, you know, I did that one mic, and I didn't do comedy again for like two years. Mm-hmm. I was like, nope, not going to do that. But then uh, when the Brighton Bar started, uh, and I loved the Brighton Bar, I was like, oh, I'll go check that out. Yeah, and it's great how much that was. I loved like the Brighton Bar and how it sort of was like this, like, it was amazing. Because it was like this melting pot of all these people that I had met over the years of doing it. Because I did improv from like 2009 to 20, like 17 or whatever. And then in 2015, I started doing stand-up. And it was just like so cool when we ended up moving there. Because, you know, we're starting at the Crust and Crumble. And we're in Asbury. And we're in all these little places. And like Angelo, I always felt so bad for him. But it really brought his name up when you would do all these open mics. And like it was really cool when we got there. When we got the Brighton Bar, it was like our thing, and it was really cool. And they treated us great. They treated everyone really, really well. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dark, dirty bar. Yeah. It's <laughs> where comedy should be happening. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I love the nip and tuck, but I feel like it's no, like the, the same. it's it. I understand what you mean. You know, it's it's to me. I've always have such a like. I should. I always feel like I should be handling bad mics better, based off how long I've been doing it. But still, I can freak out when things don't go right. And aren't like up to my expectations. <laughs> I'm like, I should be better at handling this craziness <laughs> after eight years. Yeah, you never know what's what you're walking into sometimes. Yeah, and I think we just have an expectation of things of like, okay, like the the expectation that we put on ourselves and other people. It's just, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, like, there's a bar out here, the one that I, music mic, which I actually started going to because they used to have a comedy mic there. Mm-hmm. But they don't do comedy anymore. I guess there would be a, a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of locals at the bar, a lot of regulars, and, you know, people heckling and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I guess they stopped that. But, like, that place sort of reminds me of the Brighton Bar. It kind of feels like, mm-hmm. like home to me. And I'm like, this, places like this are, are necessary for, Are there like any comics like around LA around those mics that you sort of like hang with or? Yeah, I mean I usually just see them at mics. Uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of bunch of fun guys out here uh, that go to the Fanatic Salon mm-hmm. all the time. So that's the little black box theater place. Um, 
Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of bunch of good people. This guy Spencer Calendar, Brian Supan. Uh, they're both uh, very funny guys. Oh, that's and, here. Uh, this guy Wub, who hosts the uh, Friday night mic, there uh, is very funny too. And uh, yeah, just a bunch of there's uh, too many to name. Right. Yeah, I just hear like what a cesspool it is there, and. You know, I know I know people who've been there for like periods of time, and it's like how hard it is to, especially in like the main places to to get around. Yeah, I think a lot of people. Well, I have. I mean, uh, for me, I have zero expectations. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just I'm just doing this for fun. I mean, I would love right. to get paid to do this and get booked on shows, uh, but I really, I just like getting out of the house, hanging with people, right. telling jokes, you know. So yeah. I think a lot of people come with, like, big expectations and bust their ass and uh, get frustrated that they're not yeah. getting anywhere. But I don't have any expectations, so I'm just, I'm just having fun. Right. I mean, that's a healthy attitude to have, you know. That's what I always want to have is that level of enjoyment and loving it and actually, like, being into it and not thinking about it. Because that just ruins it for you. It's like, oh, if you get too in your head about it. Because it's not like a cockiness. It's like it, there's a comfortableness to it to know that you're good at something or that you're capable. It's like you can go up and do those three minutes and do those, like, do those, you can do those songs. And it's like you know what you're doing. So I sort of feel that similarity where it's like if I just know that, like, this can go well. <laughs> That's all you need is that little bit of confidence, like that tiny bit. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. this can go well. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, uh, yeah, when I first came out here, like 2019, 2020, I was doing a lot of comedy and running around trying to hit as many mics as possible. And I uh, just kind of got sort of burned out on it, just also because it takes forever to get everywhere. And then, you know, all the mics where it's like, you don't get your name pulled. Like I used to go to the improv. There was uh, Sunday night. Like you'd start lining up at like five o'clock. Mm-hmm. And the mic, I think, would go from like seven until like midnight or something. But they wouldn't. You would have a name in a bucket, but they wouldn't tell you who was gonna, you know, make it. So like you would have to stick around right. until the end to find out if your name was gonna be called. And uh, I never got called. Yeah. Uh, the bunch of times I went there, and I was just like. That kind of stuff just burns burns me out because I'm like I practice, I wrote all these jokes, and I practice, I'm ready to go, right? And then you don't even get to perform, and it's just kind of sucks the life out of you. Oh yeah, for sure. Because uh, you're so yeah, excited to be on stage. Words. I mean, yeah. it's like a second home to us, really. So it's like, yeah. okay, so I need to do this. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and there's all this like I guess because the Booker at the improv actually watches that mic and so everyone you know you get three minutes and everyone tries to impress the booker and if she likes you then she'll let you like do a guest spot on the show and right all that so there's all this pressure too but so like you're all like psyched up to get up there and you don't get your name called it's like god damn it right it feels like a waste of, of time and effort yeah and mm-hmm. i'm like i, I think i'm funny i just right have the opportunity to show anyone <laughs> Yeah, it's it can be really tough to just find those people that can see you and like yeah, do what you like, you know, going to some mics and mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of the comics that I like out here uh, throw shows and so mm-hmm. I'm like if I if I can make them laugh, maybe they'll put me on a show and right. I've got, yeah. gotten on a few shows that way. Uh, which is what I prefer anyway, you know, like Oh I, yeah. Uh, I don't love, like, uh, you know, the big, like, comedy store, the improv, and all these places. Mm-hmm. Not that I wouldn't love doing them, but like I said, it's just, it's so hard to get. No, it, I get it. You know, I have such, like, a, especially around here, I have such a, like, criticism of how New Jersey comedy clubs are. <laughs> and it's like, I'm such a hypocrite, because if, like, I got a spot there, I would totally prefer there. <laughs> like, yeah. to form the new band was I was in Scotty's mm-hmm. uh, Comedy Cove. Brian St. John and I were doing a, we had that little wheel mic. Yeah, yeah. Variety. That was really fun. I 
I think I did one on the Brighton, but I didn't get to go to that one. <laughs> yeah, right. I think that was the last uh, thing, that, the last show that ever happened at the Brighton. Oh, yeah, yeah. The next day, and yeah. they never opened up again. <laughs> so we always joked that the wheel is cursed and that that, that wheel destroyed the Brighton bar. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, we, I was at that. We were doing it at Scotty's, and it was kind of a rough night. And I was like, I need to start maps. Right. Well, Scotty is such like a, like, I don't mind shitting on it. Everyone shits on it. It's just like, to me, there's just certain people there that like, I don't, like, they want me to get along with them and I just can't. And it's like, just the thing of like, okay, like, how are we? And the thing that's actually cool about Brian St. John is, uh, I saw him a couple, maybe a month ago, uh, at Power Bottom at Joe McAndrews, Charlie does the Valley May. And, uh. He's been in, like, New York and stuff, Brian St. John. He just did fantastic. Like, his, he's so much more, like, improved. Like, he was always good, but it was just, like, crazy to see someone, like, get that much better. And he was so cool. Like, it was, it was really cool to see him. Yeah, like, he's just great. Kind of... I love all the, uh, there's a whole, you know, the whole Jersey City kind of crew, like Nick Fierro. Oh, yeah. Nick Fierro's fucking awesome. <laughs> Love guys. all those guys, yeah. They're great. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice that... Oh, yeah, Grubarn. Yeah, he's great. You know. Yeah, I wish that's the thing. Like, I, you know, wanna... I love it there. I love all those guys. I wish I sort of... I like living at the beach. I like where we yeah. live. But, like, everything fun is, is happening. Yeah, everything's happening in Jersey City. I'm like, I'm trying to get there more, but it's just like, it's a thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to have to do that. And, you know, traveling is the toughest thing for probably like the scheduling and everything of what you're going to do. It's like you want to go to different places to get better. And then it's like, okay, you get comfortable at certain places. Like, that's one thing that's hard about the Niven Tuck. Like, to me, I never want to sound cocky, but like when I go there, like people like me too much. So it's like... There's not enough challenge for me, and then I'm like, I want to go somewhere else, and then it's like, well, that's too far for me, and then it's like, you know, I'm making it. And to me, I just always try and do it genuinely. Like, I was very happy for uh, this year. It doesn't sound like a whole lot, but I got to do three shows, and I was happy with that because when COVID happened, I got like not booked at all with anything. And I was like, you know, it's like, Bakers can't be choosers. I get three shows, I get paid on. I'm like, that's fine. That's. <laughs> That's amazing to me. And it's just cool. Like, you know, to me, it's like the same thing with you. It's like, I don't really expect anything. I just think like, the one thing that I'm just bad with is I don't ask like for anything. And I think a lot of people do that. So <laughs> that's never been my jam though. Yeah, I don't do that. I'm just like... I think it's just like I want to get there on my own merit. It's not like a shyness thing. It's more of like I want... Like I kind of want to get on my own merit. I'm like, I'm not the best. I want to be asked to do it. I don't want to have to take someone to be on their show. Right. I want to win them over. Right. Hopefully they'll just ask. Oh, I heard that was really, I heard that was cool. Yeah, it was like, crazy. From... It was like sold out. There's 300 people there. And uh, I was kind of worried because like uh, the crowd was coming in. There was a lot of older, mm -hmm. a lot of old people. Right. And I was like, oh shit, like they're not going to like this. But uh, it went great. It was amazing. And uh, it's just nice to know because you never know, like, like you said, like, you know, I know people at the Nip and Tuck are going to laugh at my jokes. Or the Brighton, but I'm like, what is the the general public gonna? Oh think? yeah. You know, these people, these people don't know me. They don't know where I'm coming from. And uh, so being able to do that, I was like, okay, I feel good. Like, I can. Right. I can do this. I'm, you know, I'm on a big stage with a crowded room, and uh, every joke hit. My yeah, and when you're in that situation, it's like 
the thing to me that I always have a problem with is like always finish too early in like gigs like that. I'm like, I should be on stage now. <laughs> they'll give me like 10 minutes, they'll do eight. I'll be like, I'll be like, the, the crowd really loves me. I don't want to leave on like a bad note. <laughs> like, Right. It's like as soon as they get a little bit of like loving it, it's like, okay, I gotta go. <laughs> like, this can only go down for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's just it's it's just that rush of like performing in front of people and uh when did when did you start to learn music? self-taught I uh, had this shitty old guitar that uh, my brother's friend left at our house and uh, just got uh, going through a breakup and I was like I'm gonna learn the guitar and uh, started going over to my friend's apartment who he also played guitar so he kind of showed me some chords and we would just get drunk and play guitars in his apartment for years and uh, kind of learned to do that and just immediately started writing songs, which is funny because I was listening at the time I started. I was listening to like punk rock and ska mm-hmm. and stuff, but I never, I never really wrote songs like that. I just, I don't know, just started writing whatever came out of me. Right, it's something different. It's always cool to see with your albums, like uh, the uh, the B one, is how much like diversity you have in like your your styles that you can do with like you can do so many different styles of music you have a lot of range is that something that like has always sort of been did you have like a singing background before you did any type of singing in high school where like I got like decent <laughs> now I don't have it anymore but it's like I knew that if I like stayed with it the thing that was always so tough was the my music teacher in my original high school before I switched schools was like she was great because she only let us sing songs that uh like we could relate to and then when I switched schools the teacher that they had <laughs> he like like could sing based off their like voice style or whatever and it was like yeah uh, it just didn't make sense to me. I never really liked that. I always think like if you can relate to a song better, it just feels better to like <laughs> to like put it out there. I'm like, uh, he's having like this, yeah. And you're able to put out a lot of songs, like, they're not really that long, either. They're, they're mostly, like, two or three minutes, even. And that seems really good, like, you can just put, like, a whole lot of stuff together. It's always great because, like, you can keep the energy, it seems, with that. Like, people just stay up 
you know, that's the thing that I noticed with, like, when we saw you uh, at, um, oh, where they have Power Bottom. Uh, what's that? What's that? Capital Line? That one? Uh, but uh, just seeing you do that, like, keeping the energy up, you know, that must be very hard to do, you know. You never know how people are going to be, so. How long does it take to put like an album together for you? I was curious, like, how people do that with Spotify, because, like, it always seems so hard. <laughs> trying to figure it out because like I have like one like thing on there for uh, from uh, Angelo's album that we did and I was just like I say wouldn't make myself like a, like a profile and I was like oh this is good I just like I'm trying to figure out how to do it because like I'm so bad with technology and that stuff and I'm just like yeah There's a lot of people that have them, so it's just like it's weird how they how they do it. Yeah. It's always the thing yeah, of like who they want to pay and who they don't. Yeah, they're not paying anyone anymore unless you have like a thousand streams, which I'm not even sure any of my songs have a thousand streams. I don't know if I'll be getting paid again. But right. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're a bad they're a bad company. Do they give you like do they don't give you anything? They've never really given you much, Spotify? Since you mentioned doing more of the like comedy uh, music stuff, the musical comedy stuff, are you gonna release? An, do you think you'll release another album like that? Yeah, I've actually got a bunch uh, that I've been recording some new songs. Um, so probably this year I'll put another one out. Uh, I got one new uh, song that we want to make a video for. Just a real short, silly kind of song. Um, so hopefully we're going to do that sometime this month. But yeah, I got a bunch. That's why I kind of wanted to start doing more musical comedy out here because I've been writing a bunch of funny little songs. I just see yeah, I did a show last night and then just did a couple of new songs there, which went well. Oh, well, that's great. Show. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's always great to hear like when something like that goes well and you're 
working on something yeah. like that. That's what I feel like a lot of people, especially comedians, they see a guy with a guitar and they're like, oh, fuck, fuck this guy. But then, uh, but then they like it. So, yeah. Uh, well, I think I mean, there's I like, it's so hard because it's like a specific thing. I think like you're so great at anything that you do. Like, I really think like you, you just have a certain thing to you that is like, there's a certain charisma there that I think is like comfortable for people. You know, there's a lot of people that they sort of do, cause it's, this is just my opinion. It seems like there's an equal balance with you of like talent for music and talent for comedy. And a lot of people have like different levels. So, like, someone who's not, like, that great of a comedian, they'll have, they'll be a better musician, and then some people will be a better, yeah, you know, the other way around. <laughs> they'll be like, yeah. But it feels like... like yeah, I, uh, I, I feel comfortable doing it, you know. It feels more comfortable to me than regular. Because I still, like, when I do the songs, I still, like, tell jokes before or after each song, kind of set them up with some jokes. Right. So it's not just all music or you know um that's a little little bit of both but i think just i don't know maybe just having a guitar in my hand just kind of relaxes me and uh i feel like yeah i try to make the songs also just kind of catchy in their own right so even mm. if you don't think it's that funny it's at least something that uh it just gets stuck in your head i try to try to do that yeah and yeah. i just remember seeing this is like a while ago, but I remember when your dad passed, you started doing comedy that was a lot more like emotional in a way. That was really good. Was that like pretty cathartic for you to learn how to sort of do that style? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, uh, I think definitely, uh, obviously, a lot of comedians use the trauma to sort of heal or use comedy to heal the trauma. But yeah, no, it was fun. I, I kind of wanted to. I never did, but like I, I don't know, probably fifteen to twenty minutes of just sort of jokes about my dad dying. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, that stuff but, was uh, that stuff was really good. The the material that you had for that, I just was always, you know, really impressed by that because it's such a hard thing to to really, you know, bring that out. Friday night open mic out here. His, his brother just passed away mm -hmm. um, in like a skateboarding accident, and uh, I saw him for the first time after that. And he had a bunch of funny jokes about it. You know, obviously he's very sad about it, and it's horrible. But the fact that you could joke about it and laugh is, is uh, you know, I think people can relate to it, and you know, if you're not, I don't know. Yeah, that's one of the coolest things about, like, any art form is being able to pull something out of, you know, something negative or something, anything that happens. I, I really think it's cool that, that that's the thing that can happen with people. And I always love seeing that. I wanted to do, like, a, I mean, not a special, but just, like, do, like, a, the whole set. Just call it dad jokes. <laughs> do all these jokes about my dad. But uh, I never did, never had the right sort of venue Mm -hmm. I don't know, I thought about maybe trying to do it in my garage and just having people over and shooting it or something. Just, cause, I mean, it's not, not that it's going anywhere. It's not like a timely, you know, it's, they're all still, you know, my dad's still dead and uh, still all those things happened and whatever. So I could still do it sometime, but it's weird because like I would, you know, maybe I'll do uh, five minutes of it at a mic sometime. But, uh, like, I feel like it's kind of its own sort of, you know, topic. And oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I'll kind of go together, so it's kind of weird, too. Okay, like, I like, uh, most times when I go to mics, I like doing as many jokes as I can kind of fit in, bouncing around topics. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, you know, just trying stuff out, so it's kind of weird to just randomly go into a joke about my dad dying in the middle of some other kind of... Oh yeah, picking any type of topic like that is really tough to do, and it's really just a gamble. Then it's like, okay, I'm gonna get this and get on the right point. Because also, you want to make sure that people laugh at like for the right reasons. That stuff too is a important thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sometimes it's also like uh, you know, it's weird when someone's you know doing a 
such dick jokes, which I certainly do as well. Right. But then being like, I'm going to get up and talk about my dad dying. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got to read the room sometimes. Or, yeah, for sure. I don't know. It also depends. I try to, you know, as I've been doing this for more and more years, I kind of have like almost like seasonal jokes. Like, Oh, yeah. I love that, like, having those two, like, just being like, okay, I can bring this out when it's this time, and yeah. it's always fun to look back on jokes over the years and be like, what's my opinion on this situation now? Yeah. <laughs> it's take a whole different angle on stuff, and yeah. it's just been, yeah, it's, it's been, like, wild well for me for the past four years. I've been writing this special that I want to do, and uh, it's just, like, it's crazy how much it like takes it really <laughs> it's really an endeavor so like i have a lot of respect for people who can put out albums and specials and stuff because it's it's hard once you make yourself do it and you're like oh yeah <laughs> this is yeah you know, and it's it's cool though to see like your progression like that's the only thing that i love about doing this doing comedy is like you just get to see and i'm like happy that like i learned to do everything on my own like i never took like a comedy class or anything and i'm just like part of that i'm like i get to learn everything and that's kind of like what you did with your music you kind of learned on your own how to play guitar that must be like a little like kind of feather in your have you're like oh yeah i learned to do this all on my own yeah, a self-made type of thing always feels good Actually, like jokes wise, I just feel like they have to come out. They're either gonna come out some way, <laughs> you know, conversationally or performing. It's just like it's gonna come out of this somehow, <laughs> and it's better to do it on stage in a more healthy way. Of like, okay, don't have to unload this on <laughs> people in the regular room. <laughs> like, yeah, it's cool though. So, how long are you gonna be in California for? How's uh, Rocky doing? Oh, he's great. He's here, laying on the floor. He loves it out here. There's a lot of a lot of dogs out here, mm -hmm. so a lot of pee, and that's uh, what he loves more than anything: <laughs> smelling, smelling pee and peeing on other dogs' pee. So. Is he easy to travel with? Like. Uh, not really. No. <laughs> great to hear that everything that you're doing has been you know has been really good for you 
and I love, I, I just love seeing they, I just love seeing the, the, your evolution of your work and everything, and uh, that you always, you know, come on here, you know, when I ask you to, and like, it's great, you know, I just love it, so uh, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on, uh, for coming on, and uh, um, I wanted to ask you, what uh, what's your social media stuff? about something how do you come up with like the term davidians like for the band oh well there was uh there was a cult back in the 90s in waco texas the branch davidians <laughs> uh which david koresh was the leader of and that was where there was like a whole uh, standoff and the government basically killed all these people um basically burned their compound to the ground which is kind of oh. why our album is called we didn't start the fire oh just as a little joke so right. being, yeah being from long branch i just kind of i was like oh, long branch davidians sort of yeah it sounds great a little, little culty sort of vibe right yeah because when i looked it up it was like a cult thing so i was like oh <laughs> it's like yeah. what is it and i was like oh <laughs> yeah not many people uh i guess you know i'm an older fella so if you were around in the 90s and watching the news a lot of older people are like oh i get it right but uh some people are like why what but uh yeah it's just a little cult humor yeah that's really cool so uh thanks for coming on again and uh oh, no problem. Thanks can't wait to see you again in person so, yeah. yeah yeah i'll be back uh in spring i'll see you then all right have a nice night sounds great you too take care bye that was great. That was Finn Brew for the third time. That was awesome.